Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the social liability episode nine, episode forty-nine of the social liability podcast. I am your host, the Razgrees, with my co-host, the Buck Grendel, bringing you new and interesting stories of people violating the social contracts that we all agree to live by. And we had a little bit of technical difficulties on the live stream, so if you saw that, we're sorry. But um, computers don't like Buck. That's just all there is to it. Oh, they really, they really freaking don't. Like, I'm just, it's it's like getting into a ship that's got a hole in the fucking bottom. You're just like, that's going to go for a little bit. Well, some Flex Seal will keep that going. <laughs> get Billy Mays in here, get some Flex Seal, we'll be fine. <laughs> that was Mighty Putty, man. Mighty Putty. No, no, no. The Flex Seal was the one where they took the boat and they replaced the bottom of the boat with a screen door and covered it in oh, Flex Seal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was I'm Flex trying. Seal. That was Billy Mays with Flex Seal. <laughs> so how, how's your week been, Buck? Eh, really can't complain. You know, it's mildly uneventful. By mildly, I mean completely uneventful. So, you know, no news is good news. I had a, I had a coworker threaten me, but you know, <laughs> man, that was that. We're not going to go into the, that drama, but it, this has been a stressful week for me, Buck. I got to tell you, been a stressful me, week, man. I you know, tragedy just loves you. I know for some reason, <laughs> like, like if if there's like a mountain or a molehill that can be made into a mountain. And I'm not saying that you're making, like, you're being melodramatic about it or anything. I'm, I mean, like, literally, people will walk by the same exact fucking situations that you, that you do, and it's nothing. But then the second you guys, or like, you you and your family get involved, it just turns into, like, crack a fucking Toa. And you're like, wow! And it's just, it's just like... Oh my gosh. And I just, like, I feel sorry for you, man. I, like, not sorry for you, but like. The guy you know with I mean? the guy it's... with crippling MS in a wheelchair feels sorry for me. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, I, I, you know, I just never looked at it like that, but you're right. You are right. Like, man, this is, this is one of the reasons why I don't bitch about my fucking life, man, because look at yours. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, so police reports were written, and and um, yeah, it's not a great week. But it, it has been a worse week for some people, and we have lots of stories about those suckers, let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you about the first one we got today, Buck. This is being reported by ABC58, WDJT Milwaukee. Village of Heartland Police asked students to stop playing nude Nerf Wars. <laughs> I mean, that headline just kind of jumps out at you, doesn't it? Uh, a little bit. The Village of Heartland, Wisconsin. The Village of Heartland Police Department says they recently had a call for local students playing Nerf Wars while nude. The police department posted the following message on Facebook. Attention, parents of Arrowhead students. Please talk to your children about playing the Nerf Wars game safely. While we encourage students to have fun, we want them to play safe. And each year we have calls of students playing the game in the nude. This is not okay. <laughs> they could be exposing themselves to children and other citizens. If you are a parent of an AHS student, please warn them they could be arrested and 
citations issued if playing nude. <laughs> Authorities say a student who participates could be arrested and issued citations and are asking parents to warn their children. <laughs> wow. Now, let, 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 I just I, I just want to start this off with with like a little bit of I, I guess I'm aging myself. I never thought that this would be something I'd have to age myself with, but here we freaking go. You know, I would never have played Nerf nude. There are just a cornucopia of things that I can think of off the top of my head. Starting with, I don't want to get shot in my freaking cockles with a Nerf anything. <laughs> like, that's that's number one. Okay, but what, what, what is the world coming to? You know, when I was a kid, there we go dating myself. And when I was a kid, I used to, I used to take a scotch tape and put thumbtacks on t- <laughs> my scotch tape thumbtacks to the tip of the Nerf darts. And I'd be like, we're turning this shit up to 10. <laughs> oh, man. Like, people were talking to my parents for a completely different reason. <laughs> Dude, I, you know, I, I don't I don't actually have a problem with the whole nude aspect, because I don't, I don't have such a hang-up that, that most Americans seem to have with nudity. Um, you know, one time I'm pissing along the side of the road, and I get yelled at by the now missus that, you know... It, it, <laughs> Someone's going to see you. And I said, if they can see my dick driving by at 75 miles per hour, God dang it, let them. <laughs> um, we, ha- we have such a fucking hang-up on nudity. Like, uh, we, can't, we, we can show on television somebody having their fucking head lopped off, you know, just in their, in, in killed in all these horrific ways. But God damn, if we show a nipple, oh my lord, oh my lord, the children, you got to think of the children that might seize the nipple. I don't get it. I really don't. But the, the thing that stands out to me in this article is you would you would think it kind of sounds like a college, but then you see it's a parents of an AHS student warned. This is a high school. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like when I was a kid, man. When I was a kid, when I was younger, you know. First off, I probably wouldn't have been playing Nerf in high school, but you know, I. Well, when you when you, you know, had, when you had a twist into it of uh, of boobies, you know, to see, you know, that's incentivizing for a high school student. I I understand, but like, why nude? Why can't we just do shirts and skins? Like that would have been satisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, and it's not the nudity thing that bothers me about it. It's just there's certain like you shower nude, <laughs> you know. You, I hope so. You know, and, and like, <laughs> like, if you want to go to the post office nude, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things of social decorum that say that you shouldn't do that, but it, like, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. It's just that playing Nerf nude when you're a freaking kid. You, you, know, like, you, know, you know what bothers me about the whole thing? I don't want to run nude. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't man. think I don't think myself as a man or any woman for that matter. You know, there's certain anatomical things that have to be taken into consideration when you're running. <laughs> a little bit. Ouch. 
But hey, to each his own. Can you guys want to go up on a field and frolic naked with a Nerf gun? You know, more power to you, in my opinion. But maybe not do it in downtown, uh, what was it Heartland or Hartford or something? Yeah. Go, yeah. Off, go off in the woods. Go off in the woods or go off into a field somewhere. I'm sure some farmer would be happy to have you. Yeah. I've seen, you know, I, I'd watch a movie that started out with a bunch of college co-eds playing Nerf Newton in a field. You're from a part of West Virginia where there, there's like multiple, multiple nudist colonies. I want to point that out as well. Yes, there is. No, it's it's just, I'm trying, like, not interested. Not, not beca- just because of the part of the world where I grew up just not interested yeah i never you know being in there in west virginia in that particular part of west virginia i i don't think i really wanted to see a bunch of people naked <laughs> yep i would i would the more the better as far as clothes go Indeed. like put on like if you had a neck i'd say wear a turtleneck like yeah that that works you got a bunch of pear-shaped ladies out there Ugh. well the next is being reported by Fox 4 News. Fox 4 now. This is me. <laughs> Suspected drug dealer flees from Portland, Charlotte, or sorry, Port Charlotte authorities on electric skateboard. <laughs> I haven't read the article yet, but if you're the officer in pursuit of the suspect, you better catch him. <laughs> or you are just open up to yourself to the a lifetime of ridicule. Port Charlotte, Florida. A suspected drug dealer fled from Port Charlotte deputies on an electric skateboard. They were serving a search warrant, which unveiled meth, fentanyl, heroin, and more than $22,000 in cash at the Port Charlotte home. The Narcotics Unit Overdose Squad... Really? That's, I'm on the Narcotics Unit Overdose Squad. Reporting for duty, sir. Was investigating recent overdoses that led them to Jamil J. Mashihi, I, I, maybe, I don't know. We're going to call him Jamil from the going on. As a potential fentanyl and heroin dealer in the community. Um, and in case you're wondering, this dude's whiter than I am. Just saying. On April 28th, Mashihi uh, hopped on an electric skateboard as he was leaving his home. With a warrant in hand, deputies attempted a traffic stop on the man for violating traffic laws. Deputies say Mahishi refused to stop and sped away on the electric skateboard at speeds over 40 miles per hour. You know, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. You have a 40 mile per hour electric skateboard. And you're still standing on. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, he jumped off the skateboard and fled on foot through a yard where after multiple warnings, Mahishi was tased and safely detained. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of a relative way to look at it if you're him. (laughs) During the arrest, Mahishi was in possession of nine individually packaged baggies of fentanyl, one baggie of methamphetamine, and over $1,300 in cash. When asked at the jail, Mahishi repeatedly denied having any further illegal items on him. But deputies found another baggie containing fentanyl in his sock. Oh, I forgot about that one. Uh, during the search of Mahishi's home, uh, deputies also found five plastic baggies containing suspected fentanyl heroin mixture. Oh my god. Uh, a digital scale, big deal. A uh, baggie containing 13.1 grams of suspected methamphetamines. 
baggie containing 0.4 grams of suspected heroin, multitude of small plastic baggies associated with narcotic sales, 15.3 grams of suspected fentanyl, fentanyl, fentanyl heroin mixture, materials and supplies used in cutting and mixing of fentanyl and heroin, and over $22,400 in cash. Now, let's look at this from a law enforcement perspective. That's actually not shit. They didn't find fuck all, Buck. <laughs> this is a small-time dealer. Like, real small-time. Yep, that's like when the TSA busts somebody for having a hand grenade-style vape pen. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. We got this one off the streets. Now, granted, I'm, I'm happy that any drugs are off the streets, but... They're making this out like they, they they just fucking got the 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 guys coming across the border with a UPS truck full of you know heroin. A vicious blow to the drug war. Yeah. Yes. So Mahishi, thirty four, was arrested and charged with two counts of possession of use or use of use of drug paraphernalia, failure to stop vehicle as ordered by a law enforcement officer, heroin possession with intent to sell, introduction of contraband into a county detention facility. Methamphetamine, possession with intent to sell. Uh, possession controlled substance, methamphetamine. Resisting officer without violence. Uh, trafficking in fentanyl, uh, four grams or more. And he's currently being held on a $405,000 bond. Now, realistically, um, the paraphernalia charges will stick. Uh, failure to stop vehicle, that'll probably be dropped in a plea. Uh, heroin with present. With present Intent to sell, that'll stick. Introduction of contraband or a secure facility, that'll be pled out. Methamphetamine with intent to sell, that'll stick. Controlled substance, that'll be pled out. Resisting officer without violence be uh, pled out. And the fentanyl will probably be encompassed in the other charge. Um, he's looking at two years. Would you agree? I have no basis for comment. I mean, like... I... You know what? I, I could see him even getting something sit, like five years state suspended with like three years of probation. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. They're making it sound like this big thing, and really it's. It's right. not going to amount to shit in court. It's, it's Mashishin. It's Mashishin, not, not Pablo Escobar. Yeah. You, you got the white guy with the stupid haircut. You didn't get Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Whose name has obviously been changed. Yeah. Well, the next one is being reported by the AP News. And this is coming out of Pensacola, Florida. A Florida teen accused of rigging a homecoming queen election with her mother is being charged as an adult. What? Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. First world problems. Oh. Let's hear it. This is like the epitome of first world problems, dude. Oh, yeah. Emily Rose Grover was still 17 when she was arrested in March. She turned 18 in April, and then the state attorney's office in Escambia County confirmed Tuesday that Grover will be tried as an adult. Tried for what? <laughs> oh, this is, this is going to be interesting. Uh, Grover and her mother, Laura Rose Carroll, 50, faced charges... Multiple felony charges stemming from the October homecoming vote at the Tate High School in Pensacola. Hold on. <laughs> While employed as the assistant principal in Bellevue Elementary School in the same county, Carol 
access the school's district's internal system to cast fraudulent votes for her daughter so that she could win. The investigation began in November when Escambia County School District reported unauthorized access into hundreds of student accounts, according to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Ooh. Investigators found in October hundreds of votes for the school's homecoming court were flagged as fraudulent. Why is this... Oh my god. <laughs> the news there were 117 votes from the same IP address within a short period of time. Okay. They actually have a system set up to detect fraudulent voting in their homecoming vote. A vote that means fuck all. But they they they, they actually have somebody whose job it is to Monitor the homecoming votes. Okay. When investigators found evidence of unauthorized access to the uh, system linked to Carol's cell phone and computers at her home, there were 246 votes cast in the homecoming court from those devices. Multiple Tate students told investigators that Grover described using her mother's system access or of watching her mother access records for years, the report said. Investigators learned that since August 2019, Carol's account accessed 372 high school records, and 339 of those were of Tate students. Investigators said that Carol had district-level access to the school board's program. System users are required to change their password every 45 days, and Carol's annual training for the staff responsible use of guidelines for technology were up to date. Officials have confirmed that Carol was suspended from her job, but it wasn't immediately clear if she had been fired. Authorities say Grover was expelled from Tate High School. (laughs) Each are charged with offenses against users of computers, computer systems, computer networks, and electronic devices, unlawful use of two-way communication devices, criminal use of personal identifiable information, and conspiracy to commit those offenses. Carol remains free on $6,000 bond, and Grover is free on $2,000 bond. Prosecutors said the mother and daughter each face a maximum 16-year sentence. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you for real with this? Now, if they were going into their system and like getting information and, and like committing identity theft or you know stealing lunch money... Okay, they rigged the homecoming election. Which means, fuck all. You know, devil's advocate on this one, I I think they're, they're more like going on the actual action of like violating privacy and stuff like that. Maybe. I'm just trying to like salvage some intelligible freaking aspect of this stupid whatever I'm done <laughs> I mean you, you said it right at the beginning holy first world problems I mean jeez yep <laughs> what and, uh... of all the things you're going to pursue you know felony charges on you know we're going to plead out the fucking kitty porn guy but no we're going full bore after this freaking high school kid and her mom who who wanted her to get a little crown 
I'm kind of flabbergasted. You, you ever seen the movie uh, Law Abiding Citizen? Nope. <laughs> I kind of sympathize with the guy. You know, he, he the whole concept of the movie is uh, this guy's family gets killed and the district attorneys and everything, they, they plea out one of the guys and the other one gets off on a technicality. And, uh, you know, as, as is the, uh, the custom of movies like this, this guy was the guy that you didn't want to fuck with. Uh, because, right. And he spends the rest of the movie killing everyone involved in that plea bargain. You know, <laughs> kind of have a bit of sympathy for the man. Mm. I've seen people prosecuted for stupid things, but goddamn. And expelled. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like a suspension at best. <sighs> I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I just don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just, can we just move on? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Okay, this is being reported by... <laughs> this next one's being reported by NBC News. Man accused of organizing an illegal 153-person Grand Canyon hike. Now this I'll talk about. <laughs> a Washington state man is facing federal charges after he was accused of organizing an illegal 153-person hike through the Grand Canyon National Park in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Many of the hikers were not wearing masks and did not pr- practice social distancing, according to the federal affidavit. Authorities say that Joseph Don Mount spent months planning and organizing the October 24th hike, despite park officials repeatedly telling him that it was illegal and violated their COVID-19 restrictions. According to the affidavit, group sizes are limited to no more than 30 people prior to the pandemic. Due to COVID-19, groups were limited to 11 People also, uh, the, sorry, the park also does not allow larger groups to break into smaller ones to accommodate sizes. Park officials in Arizona were alerted to the excursion after they received a complaint that at least 100 people were planning on traveling to the Grand Canyon for the rim-to-rim hike. Uh, the person provided screenshots from a Facebook group where Mount said people from at least a dozen states had signed up for the hike. When officials contacted Mount, he said he was planning on hiking with only 10 of his closest friends and family. He then posted a Facebook message in the group telling participants he needed to back down as trip leader, but was not canceling the hike. (laughs) As you can imagine, the park officials telling me that I can't hike the R2R with more than 11 people isn't going to prevent me from doing one of the greatest hikes in the planet. I think he means on. Uh, Mount was encouraging people to organize themselves into groups of 10 or less, a violation of park rules, and suggested they bring walkie-talkies so they could communicate with other groups, the affidavit says. <laughs> On the day of the hike, park rangers reported seeing groups of 11 people or more. At one point, roughly 70 people were in the area of the park. In my seven months of work, I have never witnessed so many individuals traveling in the same direction in such a condensed period of time and space. Ranger Cody Allison said in his affidavit. <laughs> We're back to first world problems again. Uh, many of those who participated in the excursion refused to speak with park rangers. It was obvious they had been coached not to identify with their fellow trip participants. Visitors not associated with Mount or of the excursion complained to the park. One person said the size of Mount's group was way out of control and no one was wearing a mask or social distancing. Another said the hike took an additional two hours because of the overwhelming number of people. 
Authorities say Mount collected thousands of dollars after charging people a $95 registration fee. He was charged with giving a false report, intentionally interfering with a government employee, soliciting business without a permit, violating active activity restrictions, and violating coronavirus restrictions, according to court documents. Mount could not immediately be reached on Thursday at phone numbers listed for him, and the attorney information was not listed for him. He told the Daily Beast, With COVID and everything, people are just itching to get out. I didn't do it for profit. People had already bought plane tickets and made plans. <laughs> wow. Uh, we, this is like, we should just name this freaking episode uh, First World Problems. But, is it too late to change it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's already on the screen now, so we're kind of beat. Shit. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the price. You know, these are all organic. You know, we, we come up with the names prior to reading details, so yeah. I guess it would be a very big faux pas to change it. Kinda. But, you know, I mean... What... <laughs> What what was what was the registration fee paying for? Is what I want to know. What was that paying Who for? Because he told them to organize themselves and go on the hike themselves. What 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 was the ninety five bucks? What did it get them? Well, that's 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 the whole douchebag element to this whole comedy monkey go round. Because the guy after the park was like, "No, you can't do this. No, you can't do this." He's like, "I have to back down as the trip guide." But I'm still you going, know, and you can go yourself. But, but, but we can all go together, kind of. Sort of, in a way. Like, that's what that was. They were paying the $95 registration fee because he was probably going to be, like, the expert. I like, guess. You know, and... You know what the funny thing it's is? The, now, it's, now, the greatest, it's the greatest hike in the planet. After it's done now, let's, and he's going through court and everything... Most of those people are going to sue him for their ninety-five dollars back. Yeah, I would. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. We live in a very litigious society to begin with, but unfortunately, ninety-five dollars is not enough ROI for me. ROI? Yeah, return of investment. Ah. You know, like there's going to be effort, phone calls, like mm, no, not for ninety-five bucks. You know, and that's that's coming from a guy who actually wouldn't do anything. You know, I can't even cut my own steak. So you know caregiver Katie would be actually doing all the pen to paper stuff. I still wouldn't do it for ninety five bucks. I still wouldn't. Yeah, there's a certain value to your time. And a lot of people don't get that. Yeah, they'll they'll I'm gonna do this myself, even though I could pay somebody, you know, ten dollars to do it. And it's going to take me two hours, but I'm going to do it myself because I'm not paying that person $10. So what you're saying is your time is only worth $5 an hour. Yeah. It's it's a concept in the financial universe called the time value of money. Go on. Yeah. It is the, like, you know, people are like, like you said, oh, well, I can do it myself instead of outsourcing it, blah, 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 blah. Even plum, even people who know how to do plumbing, you know, if you can, like, do you have the time to do the plumbing? Hmm. Do you want to go through That's... the aggravation of doing the plumbing? Right. <laughs> like, if something gets messed up really bad, like, 
you know, you may have some skills and know-how and some elbow grease, you know, whatever, but you're not bonded. If something happens to your house because of this plumbing escapade, I'd rather have a licensed bonded professional doing it, regardless of my own personal skill level, at whatever whatever fare they charge. You know, because I don't have to deal with the freaking ass paint. I don't have to do any of the cleanup. I don't have to do any of the work. I don't have to provide any of the tools or the materials. You know, there's you're not you're not paying somebody for their entirely for their skills. You are actually paying them for their time. You know, oh, I can work on my own car. Do do you realize, you know, do you realize that you actually now have to take time out of your day? You know, what is your normal occupation? What is your normal hourly pay? Say you're making $20 an hour. It's like, okay, if you wouldn't pay him $10 an hour, then why the fuck are you doing it for 20? Very true. Okay, so our next story is being reported by News Channel 8. Uh, this it was it NBC. Yeah, NBC News Channel 8. Porn, alcohol, sex part of lunch ladies' student sleepovers, Sheriff says. Now, I, I, we've all heard the, the whole, you know, well, they got that hot teacher, you know, hot English teacher or whatever. I, I never once heard of a, like, I want to get with the lunch lady. But apparently this is, yeah. a, apparently this is a thing, uh, at least in Louisiana. In Terrebonne Parish, Louisiana, a Louisiana ca- school cafeteria worker has been arrested on 10 counts of contributing to the delinquency of a juvenile and eight counts of indecent behavior with a juvenile following an investigation into alleged sleepovers hosted at her home. Wow. According to the Terrebonne Parish Sheriff Tim uh, Sagnet, 38-year-old Dawn Marie Bay was the cafeteria worker at the local school in Coven, Coven, where she met some of the victims. She's accused that... I'm sorry. He said the accusations that Bay hosted sleepovers for juvenile boys ages 13 to 16, where they watched pornography, drank alcohol, and participated in sexual encounters, were investigated. Following the investigation, detectives determined the facts of the investigation were consistent with the information that was shared on social media. Bay was interviewed over the weekend and then arrested. She was booked into the Terrebonne Parish Criminal Justice Complex on a $50,000 bond. Sheriff Tim Sagnet encourages parents to know where their minor children are and whose residence they are going to for a sleepover. Mm. Sage advice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Again, back in my day, <coughs> this shit didn't happen. <laughs> or if it did, the boys kept their mouth shut. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, yeah, the whole concept that, like, that we have with um, uh, students getting with their female teachers. You know, back in the day when it happened... Those students knew to keep their damn mouth shut, not go on social media and snitch on themselves. Because at that point, not only is everybody getting in trouble, but their access to whatever it is that they were doing has dried up. So social media has killed uh, hot for teacher, or in this case, hot for cafeteria worker. 
you know, and you know, I, I, I don't know if I entirely agree with calling those kids victims. I, and 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 see, you know, yeah, I'm I'm on a I'm on a slippery slope. You're on a slippery slope. You're on a slippery slope because you you, you kind of run back into that that whole concept of a man can't be raped, which is bullshit. And no, 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 no. I'm just saying those boys knew damn well what they were getting into. Well, would you say the same thing though about a you know 13 year old girl who slept with her you know adult male teacher and say that she's not a victim because she knew what she was getting into? No, 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 no. I'm not even saying that. The, 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 the I'm just going along the fi- the lines of, you know, were the kids coerced into going there and forced to watch pornography and do these things, or did they willingly participate in them? And yeah, I understand that the legal age of consent is applied there, but you know, and, and victim is victim is really the only word that you can use. I guess it's just, man, like, I, like, I'm just, I'm thinking of myself in my, in my own position if I were in that situation. And again, I can't see the picture of this woman. It's nothing, that, it's nothing to write home about, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, uh, there you go. That would have been hard pass right there. You know, I wasn't like Don Juan to frickin' Marco. I was a fat, sad loser in high school, but I still, the low standards are still standards, buddy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, if, if I had like willingly walked into that situation and been like, all right, folks, here we like porkies, like, okay, here we go. Like, and then, and then somebody turn around and call me a victim after the fact. It's just, but would you say like that's, would you that's be, where I'm going with that? Would you be willing to say the exact same thing though if we reversed the gender roles? If like yes. all the students were young girls and this was uh, like the janitor? Yeah, I really would. If all the girls went there knowing what they were going into and then wanting to go into that situation and now they're victims because they got caught. You know, and and same thing with the boys. Like that's why I'm saying, like, are they victims because they were victims, or are they victims because they got caught? So, are you saying that the purchase, the the lunch lady shouldn't be charged? No, I'm no, I'm saying that maybe those boys shouldn't be called victims. Maybe they should be on their own. Like, maybe they should get like uh, a little some kind of citation themselves. You know, they're participating in underage drinking. Okay. You know, they're 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 participating. Okay. That's, you're, you're, that's where you're, I'm you're, going with. You're this. digging yourself out of the hole now. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah. That like that's where I'm going with that. Like that like I wasn't saying like, oh, you know, they're boys will be boys. No, no, no. I'm saying like, why the fuck are they getting scot free? Like they all knew. Like I don't like I just don't picture this being like that lady is a piece of shit. Like, that's not even where I'm going with this. I'm not trying, like, there's no sympathy for the devil here. What I'm trying to say is that, good, she's getting what she's getting. We're after that. I'm going back to these boys here. Like, why are they just walking away from this? All right, I can you get know, behind they're... that. I can get behind those statements. I can get behind those. Like, they, they just go off. They're like, oh, yeah, we made it with the really ugly, sad, fucking pathetic lunch lady drank all her booze and watched porn at her house all night and then once we got caught oh boo hoo for us instead of us getting like disciplined you know 
like the first question if i were one of these boys parents I, the first fucking thing i'd be like is like you ain't a victim yet oh <laughs> like oh there'd just be there'd, there'd be hell to pay i'd be like what the, what the hell were you doing there anyhow like why were you even there you know that that's like yeah the lunch lady was probably coating you like you know you know, here's the candy. Get in the van, but <laughs> free kittens, <laughs> candy. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you know, it's like, did she invite them over to help her with her fucking lawn? And then it just turned into something. Like, if that's it. the case, if I, that's I, here's the, I doubt that's what happened. But I do want to know is how that conversation got started. Hey, kids, kids, do you like porn? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, this lady's a sad, pathetic piece of shit. There's no doubt about it. Like, the, again, no sympathy for the devil. I'm just, like, really, like, why are we, what, like, if we got to call them victims because they're minors, that's one thing. Fine. But how much of a victim were they really? Like, should we really be, like, treating them like a victim? Or should there be some disciplinary action here? You know, those kids were out breaking the frickin' rules. Period. Unless, unless, of course, you know, they were, like, forced to do it against their will, in which case, you know, uh, you know, fall back buck. But I just, I don't see it happening that way. Quite possible. All right. Well, we're going to jump off of that topic, because that one's just wrong. But we're going to move on to the CNN health and this is being reported that a California bar owner is being charged with multiple felonies for allegedly selling fake COVID-19 vaccination cards. <laughs> oh, geez. This, this, this one's a piece of shit. Uh, a bar owner who allegedly sold fake COVID-19 vaccine cards at his North, Northern California business has been charged with multiple felonies, including forgery and identity theft. Todd Anderson, 59, of Acampo, Florida, I'm sorry, (laughs) Florida, California, uh, was arrested Tuesday at his bar, the Old Corner Saloon. John Carr, a spokesman for the Department of Alcohol Beverage Control, told CNN, ABC received a complaint that fake vaccination cards were being sold at the bar and opened an investigation, the agency said on Wednesday in a statement. In April, undercover agents were able to buy four cards at the bar as part of their investigation. They paid $20 for each of the cards. It's not clear how many cards were sold in total, but agents found two completed cards and 30 blank ones with a laminating device. ABC agents also found an unregistered firearm uh, with Anderson during the arrest at his bar in Clements, nearly 35 miles southeast of Sacramento. This is the first case of a California Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control has investigated it involved allegations of the sale of fraudulent COVID-19 vaccine cards. Anderson faces three felony charges, including carrying an unregistered firearm, forgery of a government seal, and identity theft of Pfizer, CVS, and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, according to San Juan County District Attorney's Office. He is also charged with creating a false medical record, which is a misdemeanor. 
The arraignment for Anderson is expected to be on May 18th in Lodi, California, according to the San Juan County District Attorney's Office. A spokesman for the DA's office didn't know whether he had retained legal representation. The arrest comes as a nationwide vaccine rates have fallen, while the United States averages 3.38 million doses administered per day across the, a week in mid-April. The current seven-day average is 2.19 million doses per day, according to CDC data. The most recent numbers as of Wednesday show vaccines have dropped nearly 20% from last week. San Joaquin County District Attorney Tori Verber Salazar expressed concern about the sale of fake vaccination cards. It is disheartening to have a member of our community show flagrant disregard for public health in the midst of a pandemic. Disturbing, falsifying, and purchasing fake, I'm sorry, distributing, falsifying, and purchasing fake COVID-19 cards is against the law and endangers yourself and those around you. Health officials last year decided that everyone who receives a COVID-19 vaccination will be given a vaccination card showing their full name, date of birth, type of vaccination, and dose dates to keep track of their immunization. Okay, what a piece of shit. Yeah. There's just a certain... But why, why are you forging COVID-19 vaccines? Like... If you if you don't have a ticket, you can't get on the ride. That's just it. Nobody's forcing you to buy the ticket. You don't. You know. You want. Oh, I don't want a vaccine. I don't want a vaccine. Well, then why do why do you want a card? Well, a lot of places are requiring that you uh, prove your vaccination status. Um, airports or an airline, some airlines, for example, are re- uh, requiring that you prove that you were vaccinated to go to certain places. Um, entry visas for certain countries, for example, uh, as things of that nature. Uh, currently, like where I am currently employed, uh, we have it set up so that if you are vaccinated, uh, you do not have to wear a mask in the building. But if you're unvaccinated, you do. Uh, we're not checking cards, though. We are literally... Oh, have you been vaccinated? Yes or no? And the only person, the only people can ask are me and HR. <laughs> um, and quite frankly, it, we are mostly basing it on the honor system. Um, but we all know who the, who did and who didn't, and it's not not really a mystery. But they're they're you know a lot of people are are you know equating the cards to the the the, the German Gestapo asking for papers, and that's just not the case. They're literally only being used in certain instances, and those instances are not ones that the police are even asking for. So I'm not sure where the, the idea of the, why you'd want to buy a, a fraudulent one at a bar would come into anybody's head. Right. And that's, and that's the thing. Like what, what is so important? Like, why do you have to be a fucking poser? Like that's, if you're not, if you're not going to get the vaccine, you're, you're just don't <laughs> just don't and let it be. You know, if you need to travel, if you need to go and do these things, then you have to get the vaccine. Otherwise, well, you, you don't go even, forth and you don't have to do those things. That's what I mean. Yeah. I am having all sorts of camera related problems. That's for fine. The, uh, live stream. We can still hear. You. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying that for the live stream. I'm just, I'm trying to get this worked out, but computers hate me. They do. And it's just. They really, 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 really do. And at 1.7 megabits of download speed, 
I mean, what the hell else am I going to get? So just forgive me while I get this shit worked out. Well, as long as you continue to grace us with your voice, Buck, we're, we're good. Uh, so we're going to move on to our main event, Buck. So make sure, make sure you stay with us because this is, this is good. Florida woman arrested for throwing a whopper at a Burger King employee's head, yelling racial slurs over a tomato. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm trying to. Believe me. It's a good thing you don't know what my imagination looks like. Let's just put it that way. Well, we have done this in the past where I've, I've given you the headline and asked you what you think the, the story is going to be about. So why don't we just delve into it just a little bit? What do you think is going to happen here? So, over a tomato slice. Um, woman didn't want the tomato slice on there and checked it, and it was there, and she she basically insulted the woman's race and made it about that instead and then threw the shit at her. Well, I, I, I typically I do not like to read these articles in advance because I like to get genuine reactions. We had a problem last week with, with, with Blue Duck Gold Duck when he was like, I'm more prepared than you guys are. Yeah, yeah no, you're not. <laughs> well, you know what? In all fairness, I don't think we really told him the parameters before. I think he was just trying to be prepared. He was. So, so points to duck on that one. But this one, I have scanned it just to, just to see if it was going to be a, a good fit for us. And there's a lot of direct quotes in here. However, I'm not going to directly quote them. I'm going to leave uh, out some of the more colorful language. <laughs> and that's me saying that. But, and uh, you know what? One, one other thing. We're going we're gonna to resurrect something that we haven't done on the show in a while. Um, yes, please. Go for it. Florida man, Florida man. Does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Florida's paradigm. Look out. Here comes Florida man. This is not Florida man, this is Florida woman. A 77-year-old Florida woman, Judith Black, was arrested last weekend after she admitted to an assault. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's just, it's, that's it. We just had, just had to go there. <laughs> after she admitted to an assault that took place at Sumter County Burger King. The police affidavit states the incident occurred last Friday night when Black reportedly became upset about the thickness of a tomato in her sandwich. The woman reportedly went to the front counter and expressed her frustration to a Burger King employee. The employee told officers that she informed Black that she couldn't help her until she stopped screaming, and that's when Black threw the whopper at the employee's head and began shouting racial slurs. Shut up, you black bitch, she allegedly told the staffer before using the N-word multiple times as she left the restaurant with her husband. The victim's account was corroborated by witnesses and statements and video surveillance. Other Burger King employees were able to get Black's license plate number, which officers used to track Black to her retirement home community in Sumter County. Oh. Police say Black admitted to her actions and was placed under arrest, charged with battery. The Burger's incident uh, were 
typically involved uh, resulted in misdemeanors. However, due to Black's use of racial slurs, the charges were upgraded to a felony. Black was booked and charged, but released on a $2,500 bond on Saturday. But that's not all. Uh, no, I was going to say that can't be it. That's it's that's not all. We actually have the affidavit of probable cause from the police officer. <laughs> oh my gosh! Ah, oh, I'm going to read this, and uh, again, I, th- there is a lot of stuff I'm going to leave out of it. Uh, but you'll you'll know exactly what I'm going towards here. <laughs> Uh, on April 30th, 2021, at approximately 1812 hours, Canaan Officer Parrish and I were dispatched uh, to a disturbance at uh, 5848 Seven Dune Drive. Prior to our arrival, we were advised by Sumter County Dispatch that the suspect had hit a worker at the Burger King with a burger. They also stated that the suspect had just left a white Ram pickup truck with the license plate bearing whatever, which was obtained via video from another worker at the Burger King. Upon arrival, I made contact with the victim who stated that an older white female later identified as the defendant, Judith Ann Black, was not satisfied with a Whopper sandwich she had ordered and was yelling at the uh, order counter. She stated that she informed Miss Black that she could help her if she would stop yelling and turned around. As the victim turned around, Mrs. Black proceeded to throw the Whopper at her, striking her in the back just below her neck against her will. Uh, Mrs. Black then stated, I'm sorry, walked out of the, walked out to her vehicle, followed by her husband and left. The victim stated Miss Black said, shut up, you black bitch. Uh, the victim said that when the co-worker walked outside, she heard Miss Black call her uh, N-word. Multiple witnesses confirmed the victim's statements, including the manager of the Burger King, a worker at the Burger King, and an independent customer of Burger King. This is a great advertisement for Burger King. Uh, the manager stated that Mrs. Black called the victim a black N-word and F you before start storming out of the restaurant. The worker stated that Mrs. Black, F you black enters <laughs> before leaving, stated black N words again. Uh, all three witnesses stated that Mrs. Black threw a whopper at the victim when she turned around, striking her in the back. Upon review of the video footage from Burger King security cameras, it was confirmed that at 1804.57, uh, Mrs. Black struck the victim with the Whopper in the back. Why does he keep calling it a Whopper and not a hamburger? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Officer Parrish and I were able to identify the suspect by running the license plate uh, from the truck Mrs. Black left in, which returned to her husband. Upon re- running the husband's TLO database, we discovered his wife's name, Judith Black, as well as her driver's license number. Upon running Mrs. Black's uh, information in our CAD system, we located her driver's license picture and were able to positively identify her as the same person from the security camera footage and the video. Sorry, in the video the Burger King workers showed us. Prior to interviewing Mrs. Black, I read Miranda rights verbatim from my Miranda card. Mrs. Black stated that she understood her rights and was willing to speak. Post Miranda, she stated that she was very upset about the thickness of the tomato on her sandwich and confronted the victim at the counter. She stated that she was very angry that the victim was not fixing the issue and had the burger in my hand and tossed it at her. When asked, Mrs. Black stated that she did hit the victim with the burger. Miss Black also stated that she called the victim a stupid black bitch. Uh, due to Mrs. Black calling the victim a stupid black bitch and a black N-word, as well as stating F-U black N-words, uh, to her, this enhances the charges from battery from misdemeanor to the first degree to a felony in the third degree under Florida state statute, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. 
And you can tell when a police officer really wants to charge the stick, too. Because... Yes, you can. When when you write a police report, if it is just, I'm writing this because I have to write a report, it is maybe four sentences. When you get on to page two, you know they mean business. Yes. <laughs> oh, and the fact that this woman just was like, yeah, I did it. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Along with that stellar report, this woman is going to need a, a, an attorney that could get Ray T Charles a driver's license to get out of this. Well, uh, do I foresee her getting jail time? No. Do I see her getting a fine? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know what? We've seen we've seen some some old old freaking people in jail before, man. We have, but in the, I think it's, it would cost the county more money to house this individual than it would be to... Than in, so it'll probably be like in the interest of justice type thing. Because um, we've also seen instances where people have been had medical issues and all of a sudden we're going to just transition them to probation to get them out of the prison so the, prison doesn't, the county doesn't pay for their medical fees. Um, this one's 77 years old living in a retirement community. Uh, chances are that they'll give her community service or something and restitution, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave my hopes high for this one. But what what would you like to see from the outcome? You know, personally, if if you especially in this day and age, like this is this is a prime time where an example could be set. With all the turmoil and all the everything else we got going on these days, it's a very very good chance for for people to make an example. And it's not an undeserved one. Like you you can't behave that way. You you know, you are not superior to anybody. Well, a lot of times people and, feel like they they can treat hospitality or or workers like restaurant workers like shit just because you have a lowly job. Uh, so that's one thing. But then you throw in the racial element. Exactly. Exactly. Like this woman needs to be embarrassed, and she needs to be embarrassed in a in a very very big way, so that other people see that like oh well, you know just because I'm old doesn't mean that I'm above the law. It's like me. It, it you know, I'll, I'll use myself an example. Like there's, I'll push an envelope because I'm in a wheelchair. I really will. And damn it, I'll, I'll milk it. But there are just certain things that I can't do. And, you know, this is a prime example. Like I can't behave that way because I'm in a wheelchair. If I, if I, if I did, I'd expect to have the book thrown at me. Now, now see, when, would, when it, I get old, it would cost a shit ton of money to keep my ass in jail, and I I think I deserve to sit there for it. When I get when I get that old, I'm just gonna like do a lot of shoplifting, and then pull the I'm old, <laughs> and, right? And senile, you know, that's gonna be my defense. <laughs> you know, it's just I think that this is a very disgusting example of of you know people you know this this is the shit that aliens won't talk to us for 
Like this is this is why. Why won't the aliens talk to us? Well, exhibit A, right here, Florida, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Seriously, of all the stuff to fly off the handle over and throw a fucking hamburger at anybody, and then start making racial slurs over a freaking tomato. Like what? What kind of entitled asshole do you have to be to fly off the handle over a freaking tomato? There is a place in the world right now where there is a kid scared and like hiding for their freaking life wondering like if they'll see the light of day tomorrow and you're wondering and and worried over a slice of fucking tomato lady have a little bit of like you know emotional IQ for like other people's well-being and and feelings like I think that pretty well encapsulates the whole thing there, but that's unfortunately all we have this week, Buck. I mean, that was a pretty jam-packed episode, but I think you encapsulated uh, the, the whole essence of social liability with that last statement. So <laughs> I think we got to leave it there. Um, make sure that if you haven't yet, you subscribe, uh, whether it's on our YouTube channel, which we do this live now, at least for the time being, or on any number of podcasting platforms such as CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Anchor, uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. And lately I've been getting emails from other podcasting platforms that, hey, we, uh, we, uh, we, we found your, your stream and we're adding it to our service, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, eh, whatever. More numbers for me. Yeah. What do I care? Uh, but make sure you tell a friend. That's another big thing. We're trying to get our numbers up and uh, we would really appreciate if you shared uh, the Social Liability Podcast with a friend. Uh, that being said, we'll catch you next week unless Buck has anything else. Do you, Buck? Nope. All right. We'll catch you next week on the Social Liability Podcast, folks. Have a week. Bye.